Well, hello everybody, this is Bishop Kai. Welcome again to the CDTV podcast. Hope you all had a good week so far. And um, at the time of this recording, we are still in this global COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, I hope you're all looking after yourselves, doing what's needed to protect yourselves, self-isolate, whatever it is you've got to do. But uh, I just hope that you're staying safe and following as much advice as you can so that we can actually beat this thing. You know, talking about beating things, um, I've been thinking a lot over the last few days uh, about what I might bring to this week's episode, what I might share with you. And um, I was listening to something the other day and it sparked a whole series of thoughts in me. And I figured that right now with everything that's going on, with a lot of people in isolation, a lot of people having time to reflect and and be retrospective about their life, about their Christian life, about their faith walk, about their personal relationship with God. One of the biggest things that we should focus on in this woke age, in this age of of, uh, enlightenment, not that I think a lot of people are truly enlightened by some of the nonsense that I've seen, but in this moment in, in history, when everybody seems to need affirmation and acceptance and all of these things, I wanted to bring a message to you that was probably a little less uh, woke, hate that term, a little less, oh, be good to everybody and, you know, love yourself how you are, and really try my best to get in your face and say things from the heart as I mean them, uh, to understand that this whole mentality of just accept who you are right now is so damaging to your life and so damaging to your Christian walk and your relationship with God that you could not even begin to believe how it sickens me to my core when I watch people going through this kind of junk that they're going through and doing the kind of things that they're doing because hey, I'm good right now, I don't need to change, I just need to love on myself and accept myself for who I am. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's baloney. Because when you accept who you are and you accept your failures and you accept, apathetically, you accept exactly where you're at right now, that means that you are going to do absolutely nothing to change, nothing to grow, nothing to develop who you are as a person, who you are in God, who you are in Christ, who you, where you're at in your faith walk, you're just happy with exactly what you've got right now and exactly where you are. And that, to me, has so many smatterings of false victimhood because it's always everybody else's f- fault. Now, I'm not attacking anybody for the fact that they preach love yourself and be good to yourself and be good to others and all of the things that they say because those things are right. But I will never, ever accept who I am right now because if I do, I know I've stopped asking the question and that question is, is there more? Is there more I can be? Is there more that I can do? There has got to be more than in God than where you're at right now. If there isn't, we serve a pretty sadistic God to bring you this far and leave you exactly where you are. You might be in one heck of a mess right now, 
and desperately needing help, desperately needing answers, desperately needing a way out, deliverance, whatever it is. But we're taught now just to accept who you are, accept where you're at. Well, uh, you can tell this podcast is going to be one of them. This is absolutely hogwash. I have to be careful what I say. So you can be a vo- uh, it, you know, right now, there are so many false ideas being taught in the body of Christ, being taught in the church. So many people that are taught to be victims of society or, or victims of, of uh, stereotyping or, or, or biased uh, um, attitudes or prejudices. Uh, everything you say has got to be so accepting and so pleasing that, you know, you, you, we become so afraid to tell truth as it should be, that the church is now running scared of upsetting and offending anybody. Listen, I don't care if you don't ever listen to this podcast again after this episode. What I care is somebody slap you upside the head, figuratively, I have to say that for the lawyers, but somebody slap you upside the head and make you realize there's a whole lot of truth in this world, but there is very little true truth in your life, in my life, And we are the ones that have to deal with the fact that we are being deceived by our own inability and our own unwillingness to tell ourselves the true truth. And because we don't do that, people don't grow, people don't change, because nobody is willing to do the work that is needed to make change happen. We're all so happy just to sit on our blessed assurance Another thing I have to say for the lawyers, because, you know, shouldn't be cussing. or But sit on your behind, I call it the blessed assurance, and do nothing waiting and waiting on God. I'm sick to death of hearing this phrase, I'm just waiting on God. Why don't you tell the truth and don't shame the devil, shame yourself in your lies. Because you're not waiting on God, you're waiting for God to do it for you. You're waiting for somebody else to come along and make everything happy. Now, I can say this from experience because I've been as guilty as sin of doing this. I always expected somebody else to do the things that God was expecting me to do, and I would sit back and reap the rewards. I used to farm, lived on a farm for many years. I know exactly what it takes to fill a barn. And I can assure you, sitting on your blessed assurance, watching the TV, waiting for somebody else to do it for you, is never going to get it done. It takes work and effort to go out and plant a seed. It takes work and effort to watch over that seed till harvest time. And it takes even more effort, even more work, even more determination to go out and reap the harvest when the season is right. God is not going to do it for you. So get over yourself. Just like I had to get over yourself. And stop buying into and believing this horse manure that's peddled as being woke and just accepting yourself and accepting everything as it needs to be and who you are and doing all of that. It is absolute tosh. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because not enough people are actually speaking about this. Not enough people are telling you there is a true truth in your life. You know, to me, the greatest kindness that we can afford ourselves, the greatest kindness that we can afford each other is not to to simply say words of of soothing and pleasing and apathy, like most people want, because acceptance and, 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 
accolade is so desperate in everybody's attention span, the greatest kindness we can do ourselves is to tell ourselves the true truth. Don't tell me your truth about me. Tell me an unbiased, unmotivated truth from the heart of God about myself, about my life, so that when I hear the truth, as the scripture says, for you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I don't need opinionated truth. What I need is true truth. I need somebody to tell me when I've made a mistake, when I've screwed up, when I've gone wrong, how I have done it, where they think I've done it, and help me get on the road to recovery instead of getting on and staying on the path of apathy and acceptance. I will never settle for that. And I pray to God that you never do after listening to this. You need true truth. And the greatest friend, the greatest family member that you'll have in your life is the person willing to put their neck on the chopping block to, uh, uh, and tell you the true truth with an unbiased, unopinionated heart towards you because they love you and they want to see the best for you, see you fulfill the fullest of your potential. We're so busy now having to be kind to everybody, having to not upset everybody, having to, 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 to placate every possible outcome in case somebody gets offended. Well, guess what? The truth will always offend somebody. And if you are offended by the fact that people tell you the true truth about yourself, then I'm sure that they will forgive you. I had to learn painfully, might I add, but I had to learn that there is somebody in my life is going to tell me the true truth about who I am and about the things that I've done, good and bad. And I might not like that person very much when they tell me that true truth, but by goodness, when I reflect on those moments of my life, I truly understand both their heart and the Father's heart to, towards me and truly trying to help me in overcoming this nonsense of always having to be nice to myself and always having to be nice and kind to other people and living in this whole cotton wool wrapped up fluffy little world where everybody's protected because nobody's offended. Grow the heck up! Sheesh, when you, when, when you tell me your opinion and you tell me, or you just sugarcoat your words to make me feel better about myself, you are not helping me. Not helping me one bit, because sometimes we need to be able to look at the person staring back in the mirror and say, listen, Jack, you messed up. This is what's wrong, this is why you did what's wrong, and this is how you can change it. Not, oh, well... You know, in schools now, everybody gets a particip participation medal. When I was a kid, we didn't get one. You got a medal if you finish first, second, or third. Now it's not about the winning, it's about the participating. No, it's not. Winners are the first person across the, the finish line. Imagine what the Olympics would be like if we didn't give a medal to, the, to, to gold, silver, and bronze. We just gave everybody a medal for participating. What's the point of participating then? What's the point of striving for year after year after year to be the best in their sport in the world? Why would I bother doing that? 
if I'm going to get the same medal that everybody gets just because they run that race or they swam that, that distance or, you know, whatever it is. This woke generation, this woke society that we live in is so apathetic and so unchallenging because everybody's got to be placated. Man, I miss the days. I miss the days when we had alpha males and alpha females as leaders. I miss the days when leaders were not afraid to challenge your stinking thinking and challenge your wrong behavior. When they would get up and call out sin for sin. When they would tell you where you've, done, you, you've gone wrong, where you've messed up, and why you've messed up, and what you need to do about it. But now, oh gosh, now we wouldn't dare to do such a thing. Now, no, 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 no. Because now we're so concerned about everybody crossing the finish line. Well, guess what? You might think that everybody's equal. But there are a lot of people in this world that are far more equal than others because they're willing to do the work necessary to succeed in their life, in their faith walk, in the kingdom. Gosh, imagine if we stopped preaching the gospel because we didn't want to offend anybody with the truth of the gospel. That's happening right now in this world. That is happening right now in this world, in society. We have stopped preaching the true truth of the gospel because we're so concerned with not offending everybody. Jesus walked into the temple and turned the tables over. I don't think he was gentle Jesus, meek and mild that day. I think he was, I'm going to kick somebody's rear end because of what they've turned my father's house into. And that is the kind of truth that we need in our life. That is the kind of truth that you need from friends and loved ones that love you and care about you enough to not leave you in that mess that you are in. That's why I value mentorship so much, because it is the wisdom of experience without the pain of going through it. But many people, and myself included in the past, I've done this, will go to a mentor, seek their wisdom, seek their counsel, seek their advice, and then completely ignore it. So why even bother asking for, in the first place for somebody to give you advice? Now, I wish you could see where I'm at right now because I'm about point two in my notes that I prepared to record this podcast. And I've got another five or six pages to get through. We're not going to cover it all in this week's. We'll probably do another one as well. But imagine the kindness that you would, you would be afforded by other people and yourself simply by telling yourself the true truth. Simply by accepting that not all truth is relative. You know, I remember not so long ago um, that wonderful phrase that was being bounded about, about this is my truth. Everybody was telling their truth. You might be telling your truth. doesn't mean to say it's a true truth. See, there, remember this, folks. There are truth. There is truth, I should say. And then there is true truth. There's a whole lot of truth in the Bible. And then there are elements of the Bible that are true truths. That doesn't mean to say that the truth is not true. That it's a lie, that it's false, because it's not. It's just given from a particular perspective. But there is true truth available to us all that is unbiased, unopinionated. And when it comes from the scripture, comes directly from the Father's heart. Comes from the heart of God for one purpose, 
and that purpose is for you to change your life. Imagine how kind you would be or how gentle you would be or how loving you would be if we stopped following in the church the mess that society's gotten in and stopped focusing on how bad everything is and focused on the fact that God has given each and every one of us through the truth, the truth that we shall know and a truth that will set us free, the ability to actually change. Imagine that. God has given you not only the truth to change, but the ability to make the changes required as well. But no, what we do is we we constantly look for this feeling of needing to feel, or the, this mindset of needing to feel good about myself, and in constantly having to feel good about myself, what I've done is I have accepted that mediocrity is commonplace, is acceptable, is is welcomed within my life, and because of that embracing of the mediocrity, I am killing any chance of changing as a person. The moment I embrace, or I should say the moment I accept and I embrace mediocrity, I kill the ability to change as a person. Wow. If you decide that mediocrity is truly how you are going to accept yourself, then I will promise you this, that most of your life, if not all of it, will be spent never, ever challenging yourself to be anything outside of your comfort zone. Accepting and embracing mediocrity is the quickest way to conformity in the crowd. And successful people like you and I do not conform to the crowd. You have to be willing to do the work, to pay the price, to stand head and shoulders above everybody. Now for me, sometimes that's quite easy, simply because I'm six foot five. And I stand head and shoulders above most people. That's a joke, by the way. I am tall, though. At six foot five, I am tall. But I will never, ever accept that this mediocrity, this mediocre lifestyle, is the fullness of what God wants for me. Every single person, every single believer, is given the same potential to succeed in life, is given the same potential to do great exploits in the kingdom, is given the, the, the potential to, ex to, to, uh, to abound in all grace, to prosper exponentially. But most people will never ever do the work that's required because they accept mediocrity and mundane life because they are fully bought out by mundane thinking. And the biggest culprit that I am seeing right now, you may disagree with me, but this is my opinion, the, one of the biggest culprits, I should say, not the biggest, but certainly one of the biggest, is that nowadays in the church we have preachers who are acting as nothing more than spiritual gurus. 
instead of telling you the truth of the word, what we're doing is simply, or, or what they are doing, I shouldn't include myself because I refuse to do it, but what they are simply doing is reinforcing this, this false victim mindset, this, this mediocre mindset, this acceptance and conformity to mediocrity, because in it there is money to be made by keeping you coming back needing your daily fix of let me feel good. That makes you to me nothing more than a spiritual dealer feeding spiritual junkies in a necessity to feel good about themselves to, to get a I mean, it's a spiritual fix. There's no other way of putting it. It's a spiritual fix. Well, guess what? That isn't me. That's never going to be me. And what concerns me is when I listen to them, and I've listened to quite a few in the last few weeks as I was preparing to, to record this podcast, they all say the same things. No matter what's going on, no matter how bad your life is, no matter how much you've messed up, just feel good about yourself. Be happy with who you are. My God, that's not telling people the truth. Do you know what? Accomplishing hard things, overcoming challenges, overcoming obstacles, succeeding against all the odds, that is how you will feel good about yourself in the kingdom. You can tell I'm getting way too passionate about this. But right now, we are telling people all the things that they need to hear that is preventing them from discovering the path to being a better person. That's not being loving. That's not showing loving kindness. That is deceiving you. It's deceiving you to believe that you could be nothing more in God than where you are and who you are right now. When I weighed 327 pounds, 23 and a half stone or 24 and a half stone, whatever it was in in in, uh, in the UK and in our system here, the effect of that caused me high blood pressure, seriously high blood pressure, like dangerously in or, or seriously in danger of having a stroke, kind of high blood pressure. The effect of that led me to have a heart attack. I didn't stop and go, well, you know, just feel good about yourself. Just keep doing what you're doing. Do what you need to do to make yourself feel good. Keep eating all the junk that you've been feeding yourself for years because you feel good eating that. I made immediate changes. I was in hospital on a Wednesday, was discharged on a Thursday. By Monday, I joined the gym. By Wednesday, I was exercising. Within two weeks of having a heart attack, I was riding 20 kilometers a day on an exercise bike, probably doing 10 or 15 minutes extra cardio on a, on a treadmill or on an elliptical trainer and lifting weights on average 45 minutes a day. On top of that, why was I doing that? Because I knew if I wanted to get this body of mine into shape, if I wanted to take myself out of the risk zone for heart attacks, heart failure, high blood pressure, strokes, and all of the nonsense that comes along with not living right, not eating right, not, not focusing on my health, I was going to have to do an awful lot of work to shift the blubber that surrounded my body. Now, for those of you that know me and those of you that don't, one of the things that you would discover about me is I don't carry weight in my legs. I don't carry weight in my arms. All of the weight I carry is in the stomach, my chest, and my face. 
So at 24 and a half stone, I think it was, or maybe 23 and a half, I can't remember offhand, I used to wear almost a 60-inch chest jacket, yet I had a 40-inch waist. Now imagine the disproportion of that. I'm down to a 46-inch chest now. I'm back between a 38 and a 40-inch waist, depending on the trousers and whichever suit that I'm wearing from my tailor at the time. But that took a whole load of effort. It took a load of work to change. Why? Because I refused to accept who I was, where I am right now. And you, my friends, we're going to have to do exactly this. We're going to have to tell ourselves the kind of truth that we need to hear. You know, I can remember the day I looked in the mirror. Horrible picture for you, but I was looking in the mirror. I just had my pajama trousers on. And uh, I wanted to see what I looked like. You know, I'd just taken my measurements so I knew how large I was. And the truth that I needed to tell myself that day was, Boy, Kai, you look absolutely awful. Brother, you are freaking huge. You eat terribly. You don't do any exercise. You spend most of your day on your behind with your work, whether it's sitting in planes, cars, sitting behind my desk. You do nothing that stimulates your body in any way to be a healthier person, live a healthier lifestyle. Son, brother, whatever I called myself at the time, you, need, you seriously need to get your act together. That self-truth, that true truth, helped me to change. So I want to encourage you. I'm probably going to come back and do part two of this. I ain't got anywhere near close to through my notes, but I'm mindful of, of how long this is going. I want to encourage you today to get before God. Get before people that will not be afraid to tell you the true truth. Not a biased truth. Not opinionated truth. The true truth. And if nobody in your life will do it, have the guts to stand before the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, tell me the true truth about who I am. Paul did it. Happened to Paul on the Damascus Road. Paul got a glimpse of who he was. And brothers and sisters, I can tell you, Paul was greatly disheartened at what he saw. But it caused him to change. Remember, Saul on the Damascus Road became Paul, the man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the man that kick-started the church into life. Peter started the church, the Apostle Paul fathered it. He made it what it was by going out and doing the work that was needed to create the change in people's lives. If you're going to do anything, you're going to have to stop being content with who you are and do the work necessary to become the better you, the bigger you, the who you can be in God, the who that God has created you to be, the who that God desires you to be. So brothers, sisters, have the guts, have the, what's it they used to say? Have the, um, have the uh, intestinal fortitude to ask yourself some real hard questions, tell yourself some real painful truths, and then make a decision. Do you want the fake kind of kindness that you're seeing? Do you want 
people to keep lying to you? Do you want people to pacify you in mediocrity? Or do you actually want to make change? Do you really want true truth? Do you want realities that will combine with all of these things and create a lifestyle of happiness that we're also desperately pursuing? Because that comes, that comes, friends, when you have done the work needed to be done to earn what God can do in that moment, in that life, in that reality of true truth creating true change. I hope this has blessed you. hope you've enjoyed it. I will speak to you all on the next podcast. So until then, you all stay truly blessed.